And now, from Grid Square Echo Mike 48, this is 100 Watts and a Wire. Sure enough, hello and welcome to 100 Watts and a Wire. My name is Christian. My call sign is Kilo Zero Sierra Tango Hotel. Steve is here with us today. Whiskey 7 United Delta India. Good morning. morning. What are you doing? Uh, just happy and excited. It's Saturday, one of the most oh, anticipated yeah. days of the week. I know everybody looks forward to Friday and getting off, but you don't mm. get the full Monty of the full day off. So I think Saturday and mm. we get to share with the people. And this is a ham radio talk show every um, Saturday morning. We're streaming live to YouTube and the audio is pulled for our podcast, which has been going since 2015. If you're new here, Maybe drop, uh, say you're new in the chat. We'd love to meet you and all that fine stuff. Poke around the channel if you like it. Please subscribe. Click the notification bell and you'll know exactly what's happening whenever we do things. So big show today. We're going to be uh, learning more about the expo, uh, yes. which is coming up this month. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have a, a guest from Israel, which is going to be cool. Eric, who started the uh, QSO Today podcast and the qso today um what's it called ham expo ham expo Mm -hmm. he's z he's 4z1ug and today we'll get a closer look at the expo he's uh making the rounds and we're happy to have him here probably coming up in about an hour's time so we're working on uh, the time exchange so steve and i'll probably do something a little different today as we uh we will shuffle we'll shuffle as we go you want to know my big ham radio project of the week? Uh, ICOM released these uh, new updates mm-hmm. for the 9700 and the 7300. And 7300 is fine because I don't have anything programmed into it. Really, you know, it's if my HF rig and I don't, mm-hmm. you know, you just upgrade it and then the things are great. Well, the 9700, the two meter 440 rig, I had things programmed in that baby. And I went to, you know, I went to do the process. It's mm-hmm. a very two or three steps. It's no big deal. Once you do it, everything is, it feels good. Anywho, it was say, let's save our backup. And I'm like, okay, we'll back it up, back everything mm-hmm. up. And it was taking forever and ever and ever. And it was doing like a computer would do. And it would just stop. It just, was just, I was like. wheels and just kind of like, Whip, that's it. You got the beach ball. Like it's been <laughs> for minutes. I only had, you know, maybe. 50 to 75 things and that's including d-star and all this other stuff and i'm like i'm just gonna power it off so of course i powered it back on and everything was gone and i was like mother of pearl and the cursing and all this i have them backed up right i had them all backed up no problem let me reload them in we'll be fine go to reload them in and what happened was it's a RT systems that I like for programming mm-hmm. the radios. And I know how to do it manually, and I think that's important. We've kind of mentioned that on the show before. In the MCOM world, you really need to know how to program your radio. Does everybody know how to? Mm, I don't know. But, you know, I also use the software. And if I'm going to a different city, I might just do it, put it in. So anyway, um, ICOM doesn't really tip their hand to any of these software developers that they're going to make mm-hmm. a change. And that's what happened. So the software wasn't really ready for the upgrade. And I kept getting an, a cloning error. Uh-oh. And I'm like, what is wrong? And I'm 
uploading and downloading, reinstalling. I'm like, what mm -hmm. is going on? I wrote them a letter and <clears throat> they were very nice. They were just like, we didn't know it was coming and we're working on it. We're aware of it. We feel your pain, but feel your pain, but screw two meters for a while. Okay. And I'm like, okay, I'm just learn kinda... to program it manually. Yeah, and see, and, and like... this is a great point is that the software is great. It simplifies it and makes it all nice and neat. But if your software doesn't work and you got to reprogram, at least learn how to do it manually. Uh, I'm, granted the backup is is nice to have that is it's awesome because when you have 75 entries that's all that's a lot of entries that's a lot of keystrokes and um but i knew the uh, ones i enjoy you know so i could just put them on i put them on i was fine and i knew there was a resolution on the way but there was that time where i was like man i don't have everything just so and that's mm -hmm. still part of me where i'm like man i got a radio here i'm just going to sell this stupid thing i'm like i'm not going to program all these 75 uh frequencies in here uh -huh. and i would just was patient and i i was yeah. busy doing other things and next thing you know they dropped me a line they were like we fixed it click this link hit the um update new upload or... updates exactly and boom just like that it worked yeah. so i finally got my my stuff, but that was like my, and that's the thing about these uh, rigs now are basically just computers mm -hmm. and you really have to update when it's time and you, you've got to follow along and you've, you're dealing with another software and the software doesn't know what this company has done with the upgrade and it just blocked it out. It was just mm -hmm. like, I don't, the software was like, I don't know what this is, Yeah, but they I mean, fixed it's... it up good. So. Oh, but they the, fixed you up good. <laughs> the lesson here is, yeah, I I don't know. And I understand ICOM not tipping their hat to anybody. You know, why would you feel you have to whatever? Mm. Um, but good on the software for the programming just to, to be able to react to it, although they weren't ready for that change. That must be a little pain in the neck for that kind of when you attach your service to what the makers are doing mm -hmm. with the software. But I got to say, they they fixed it out. I don't even know what's involved in doing that, some coding or whatever it was. But luckily, it was easy, update and do it. But I guess the greater point is definitely know how to do this. And I save videos, whether they're YouTube videos, how to, how to upgrade or update and how to program. Because some of these, right, you, get, you sit them down for a while. And it's like, uh, <laughs> how do I do that again? <laughs> and pushing buttons and... I, I know, know I think with the RT systems, their software there is pretty consistent between radios. It doesn't matter. It's still the same G, uh, GUI that you're looking at the user mm -hmm. interface and uh, you're um, and it's easy. And I, I don't know if ICOM has their own version of programming software for that radio. And they just kind of went, well, you know, those guys are third party competitors and they'll just have to figure it out on their own, which is. Kind of unfortunate. It would have been nice if they um, would, you know, give the heads up to the uh, third-party vendors. We are kind of a small community in the big scheme of things, but uh, I don't know. Maybe they didn't even know about it and was like, "Oh shoot!" Yeah. Didn't realize this was happening because the software guys are totally different from the hardware guys, and they're just pushing out, uh, you know, getting an update pushed out. And sometimes they, you know, the release notes don't have everything. 
you know, and I'm more familiar with the handhelds mm -hmm. because I feel like that's where I take them out in the field. And I get a little complacent in terms of how to program this radio here inside the shack. I, in other words, I'm taking it for granted that I just plop 70 channel or frequencies into this thing mm -hmm. plus my D star plus, and I don't fiddle with it anymore. I just let it be because I'm in the shack and it's very casual. And it, it stays pretty static. It just, you're mm -hmm. not moving from one place to another, like your handheld or your mobile radio. You're going from one region or one area to another where things totally change as far as the different repeaters, the different access, uh, different D star uh, machines, all, all that, the, all the nine yards. And um, so you're a little bit more, up on the programming versus a you know radio like this that just you know pretty much stays here and it you're not moving it around yeah and it got me it got me a little bit but i gotta tell you i just don't i don't mess with the programming of the 9700 mm -hmm. i do the updates i listen to it quite frequently and i listen to the locals and check in wherever net i you know check into but my hts but that's the memory in, in me but like you said, you travel, you program them in. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but I know you you mentioned in the pre-show that you're you're going to travel soon a little bit. And somebody asked you, are you, what, are you going to take anything with you? But, you know, if I travel even domestically, I'll look where I'm going and try to figure out what repeaters. And if I don't program them in there, at least I'm tuning them in. So the HT is more familiar. Mm -hmm. So anyway, just keep an eye on that, your updates and your upgrades. I don't know what happened if the disconnect between say icom and the software was that it didn't even want to back it up like it didn't even back up after i had you know wanted to go through that process something in there was just not yeah. and it didn't even want to back it up and i was like oh man this oh. is taking forever and usually that stuff's like <laughs> quick but okay, anyway. at least it, at least it's got you know taken care of and you're good to go you're back in business and back in business baby back in business baby so Excellent. Top of the day to you, Jeff. On the pre-show, I broke out and Nancy, my... Uh, and good morning, everyone, and thank you for being here. We yeah, appreciate everybody's it. coming through. And uh, I'm going to... I'll put a series of links in. Um, I don't know if Alex will join me today. I know he's out running around, and I do want to pass on some information that we will be able to do. Many of you know you've been uh, following the last couple of weeks. Uh, the Spirit of Radio went from a segment of good feel-good stories to... A bit of a movement to try to help a ham who's in, in really desperate need. And we try to keep it light when we're with Phil because we just don't want to bum him out. There's enough going on in his life than to have uh, some sort of marathon or a telethon or a radiothon or streamathon going on where he's the focus of this urgency. But we sent out uh, press releases this week and I, I wanted to I want to get this message out to so many clubs. I'm hearing there's 2,000 clubs in our country alone. They've got newsletters. They need content. Um, and the ARRL does have a, you know, a link on their, their website for clubs that you can look up. But, you know, there's only so many of us who are pushing mm -hmm. out. So I do want to uh, encourage you. I'll put a link in the chat here. And I know we've got some moderators with a, with a link, too. You know, if you think you can help, you can pick up the ball and share it. Uh, if you want to contact me, um, I can put that on the screen as well. Just to, just to, uh, I can email you the press release because I can't just stick it here. But some good people really working hard. 
uh, out in front and behind the scenes. Uh, so thank you to all the folks who are helping. Alex and I are trying to push it out in the on the front visibility sense. Uh, Steve has donated an HT. So we're, we've got a giveaway that's happening just to put a little sweetener on the thing for every ham that can take a look at what we're trying to do here. And it's mostly on our bit to raise awareness. We can't do the heavy lifting. If you got to check it, Steve, go ahead, buddy. I don't, you know, it's real life here. I, I, think, <laughs> I, or, that either, you, I had an idea or you're getting paged, but, uh, but I, I got to say thanks to the people who are, we're meeting every day, uh, more zoom meetings, but uh, it's worth it. We're all talking through. There's some people who are working with me deeper behind the scenes. They're very important to me. They know who they are. And, uh, so we're just trying to push this out and hopefully they will have a good results, but I feel like, as we say, we're on short time. And so you, you're going to hear about it and you're going to see about it on the, the show. And I'm going to announce, I'm just going to go ahead and announce this. We're going to do a special event, you guys. And in the press release that went out earlier this week, Oh, I want to say some other thank yous too, because uh, amateur radio Newsline has run a story on Phil, uh, AB eight, uh, PR, uh, they're also going to let people know about the special event, which is going to be happening. It's going to be K4P, Kilo 4 Papa, or Kidney 4 Papa, uh, coming up starting on the 13th of this month, running to the 20th. It's right in this pocket of contests and right before the big last man standing event. So... We could have waited. We could have, but we need to kind of move. No, they right need away. to move on. Nobody no. wants to. Yeah, we got to get it. We're going to get it on the air. So you'll hear about uh, K4P. If you look that up on QRZ right now, I'd share my screen with you, but I, I think I'm afraid I'll get lost. Go to QRZ, look at K4P. You'll see the links there to the video of what we're doing. Uh, so thanks to Amateur Radio Newsline. CQ Magazine picked it up right away the press release and they posted that up on the, to their site. They've got, um, uh, the digital side. It didn't make their April, you know, cut off thing because it's pretty urgent and it's happening nuts and volts, which I believe is the oldest, um, electronics magazine in the country. They have a, uh, subscriber base mm -hmm. uh, that they send out to 25,000 people. Uh, it went out yesterday. Uh, thank you to nuts and volts. Uh, thank you to Neil at Ham Talk Live. Um, he talked about it on Thursday evening on his show. So anything that we can do to kind of get the word out, I'm more than happy to send you the press release if you need be. There are several versions of the press releases, one for the amateur uh, radio folks, and there's one for non-amateurs. There's one that's more styled for uh, national uh, media so you let me know, but I really want to get this into our clubs as fast as we can. And Phil may not be the first. There's so many people out there that mm -hmm. need help. Oh, yeah. But this is more of a um, a gathering of resources and assets and centralize our tools. And we may be able to help Phil. We may be able to help other people. So this is kind of the ground floor. Uh, so that's my thank you spiel uh, there, Steve. Anything you want to add there? Oh, no, this has been a great uh, project, and uh, Phil is a great guy. It's uh, got the pleasure to meet him here uh, a couple weeks ago, and it's been uh, 
I've been feeling really well that what we're trying to do here, raise the awareness and looking forward to, to getting on the air and, um, and then just pass it around, uh, put, uh, uh, we have some videos on how to put the, uh, the video link into your QRZ page. So as you're working people on the air, get it on your QRZ page. And, uh, so when they look you up, boom, there it is. And, uh, uh people like watching videos so they'll click on it and get the story and maybe you know it might they might not know be involved directly but they might know somebody else that could go ahead and uh, yep there it is on christian's uh, uh qrz page and um so we're just trying to get the awareness up and uh and hopefully uh, help a, a fellow amateur radio operator the Papa Phil challenge, Papa Phil, as he's known among his family, his grandchildren and uh, his friends. That's why we, he's called Papa Phil, but his name's Phil. And we're doing the, um, you know, this challenge. And this is a contest weekend. So it's kind of it's a really smart thing that uh, I didn't come up with. But another DXer came up with it to put this here on your QRZ page. And when people look you up, whether it's before or after, they're going to see it easy to do um we can talk about that a little bit later but it's easy to do it's up here in your menu you go and you, you edit your page you click into it um and you want to get into this section here with your biography you're going to copy a link put the link is already in the chat there and what you're going to do is pick a spot here in your page and click this play button it's kind of hidden in here in this mess but this is for youtube and you'd stick that link right here and you'd hit okay i've already done it so I'll, i'm going to back out of this and make sure you save it and Oops. hit a bang bit of boom there it bit is a bang and a boom and a boom and it's there it's it'll be on your page and it's something quick and easy to do we've also got the giveaway for the battery box which was donated uh to this effort uh by a ham who was actually given his kidney and it's doing fine and it was back to work within uh Within a month, he was climbing telephone poles, Steve, after he gave his kidneys. And he's a big advocate for Sherry the Spare. But there's Phil there and his video. Take the time to look at it. It only takes one. And to uh, sweeten the pot a little bit, we're giving away the battery box. You can enter um, at Phil's website. Uh, it's, it's all easy, but it's, it's not. We can't do much more heavy lifting than like the doctors need and the people and the gives and all that sort of stuff. So just a, just a note for you guys to please consider it as we go forward. And thank you for that. So the special event will be on 20, 40, 80 meters using the call sign Kilo 4 Papa. You'll hear that. Please work us. Uh, you will just, we're raising awareness on the air. It's good. We need to be on the air anyway. So get yourselves on the air, work these stations, stations around the country will be working. I'll be working. Steve will be working and probably during our traditional spots, like our Sunday evening net, uh, next Sunday, we may call K, uh, four P instead of doing our traditional net, but this is easy for Steve and I, because we're already scheduled to be somewhere anyway. And we just have to make sure we're not on the same band. Yeah, we'll just split it up and, and or we, we'll share calls. We'll go back and forth and we'll take we, we sometimes we do that too. I think that's legal to do. I take yeah. a call and then you take a call on the same band, but we're together. Okay, yeah. cool. We may do that too, or we may just start grinding it out, man. We're gonna grind it out. I'm just gonna we're just gonna grab a, a frequency. We'll be on different bands. Uh 
hopefully we can work multiple bands the propagation might be good we might be able to do a little 15 meters yes yeah, steve is like the a... time time change so 20 is going to stay open later into the evening mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. this we'll, is the uh, kind of thing where steve is like out of my way and yeah, I'll, sw I'll swing the beam around to japan because in the evening we'll get the jays we'll yeah, have a, a certificate and a QSL car will come later on, uh, but it's uh, it's all happening, friends. And if I were near QRZ and I were you, just look at uh, the the website K4P on QRZ, and it'll give you some more of the details. But thank you for the support and the time. I know we've been talking about it's heavy, and uh, that's not always easy. It's like dealing with money sometimes. So how much are you going to charge me for this, buddy? You know, and it's like, oh, here we go. Here's the money. But uh, we'll take a break. We're going to come back, and it's, uh, it's time for two stories. We'll get to that right after this. The ICOM 705 is your perfect QRP companion as you have base station features and functionality at the tip of your fingers. But it's in a portable package covering HF 6 meters, 2 meters, and 70 centimeters. This compact rig weighs in at 1 kilo or just over 2 pounds. With RF direct sampling for most of the HF band and IF sampling for frequencies above 25 megahertz. It's got that large 4.3 inch color touchscreen with live band scope and waterfall. And the perfect accessory for the IC705 is the optional backpack. It's the LC192. It has a special compartment for the IC705 and room for accessories for soda activations or just a day in the park. Visit icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information on all ICOM radios. And welcome back, friends. It's good to be with you again. It's Christian. My call sign is Kilo Zero Sierra Tango Hotel. And this is the portion of the program where we bring our friends in, Karen, KD2GUT, and Space Paul. He should have been a member of the band KISS. I hear they're going to be a pretty popular band out of Detroit Rock City, WD9GCO. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. That's an interesting uh, airbrush you have there, Karen. You've got the key. <laughs> I have the a key. key. I hold the key. I'm There's combing my hair with the key. It's going to get me, it's <laughs> going to start my engine for the news. Now, uh, you always leave a little morsel of information in your backdrops there. And I'm mm -hmm. like, mm. I will mm -hmm. wait for it. I will let you reveal what's happening, mm -hmm. but it's good to have you both here today. And Paul, I like your background as well. It's kind of you. like you're doing free floating correspondent work. And uh, Karen is definitely talking about trying to get you up there somewhere. Off of He's this been up there. Well, <laughs> he's been up there since I've known him, but uh, yeah. we might get the body to follow the mind at some point. So everyone knows the uh, format here. We bring two stories uh, to the segment, one that you may have heard or maybe need to hear of, and one lesser-known story. We'll start with Karen this week. Yes, we'll, uh, we'll start our engines, so to speak, with this one, Christian. Uh, you'll notice behind me there's a, a key and a, a very shiny car. All right, this story is about agency response and we all would love as hams to give a complaint to an agency and have them show up we have rf interference we have jamming we have somebody interfering with our signal well that happened in the uk recently 
And Ofcom sent its spectrum management people. They didn't say we'll come tomorrow. They didn't say we'll come next week. They ran out the door and showed up immediately to troubleshoot the problem. This is great news. Response is, is a good thing. Uh, the handheld device behind me is not an HT. It's not a handheld radio. It's a key because the interference was preventing people in a parking lot, what they call a car park over in the UK, uh, shoppers were unable to get it back into their cars because the key fobs which operate on the radio spectrum were being interfered with. <laughs> so how about that? Uh, any ham who's tried to get a regulator uh, out there with a spectrum analyzer or to get somebody to say, hey, why can't we <laughs> key our mics and have a cue? So will no doubt wonder about this. This was, I think response is great, no matter what. Uh, we wanted to run this story to show that it's possible to get people out there if you have interference. Uh, right now in the UK, if you can't get into your car, you have a very good chance of getting into your car uh, by calling Ofcom and they will send someone. The Happy ending to the story is, even though the guy was pretty swift at getting there, by the time he showed up, the problem had resolved. People were getting into their cars and driving off with whatever they had purchased at the store. But wow, a response, immediate response is possible. So this is a sign of hope. Bring your key fob, bring your radio, get on the air, maybe from your car, <laughs> and this is the outcome. Uh, so take heart. People will respond if you call for distress. And that's the story we felt people should need, uh, should know about because there's too many complaints that there's never a response, just not for the radios anyway. What What do you think, Paul? I, I, I love that they, they showed up. I mean, it, it, mm -hmm. Naturally, it's like, because I, I work in IT, naturally, the problem stops happening when I walk into somebody's office. So it's kind of like that. The mm -hmm. uh, the guy from Ofcom shows up and, they, oh, I, it's not there anymore. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, and it also is interesting. It shows the more we rely on, not trying to sound like an old guy on my front porch, but the more we rely on RF for everything, um, the more chances we have for interference with basic stuff. So if you have a car that doesn't have, because like mine, the key fob, I can push a button and it pops out a, an emergency key that I can actually put in the door and open. Not all cars have that. So if you have a car that does not have a, an emergency manual key, you're kind of stuck till they figure out why it's not working. So, but uh, yeah, it's interesting they, they came out because otherwise, you know, a lot of times we've seen, where a, a group of hams will get together and they'll they'll do a fox hunt for whatever that thing is that's causing problems and they'll kind of track it down before the FCC gets there. So it's it's cool that uh, they did that. Mm -hmm. Paul, we'll stay with you for story number two. Story number two is about the pram. I'm not talking the little baby carriage. Um, the Navy has launched a satellite. It's official name is the photovoltaic radio frequency antenna module. Um, 
It's a satellite that's going to be in geosynchronous orbit. This one's smaller. It's about the size of a pizza box. So this one is is a, an experiment, a proof of concept. Um, it's up there with a big, big, well, a pizza box size solar panel on it to collect the solar energy from up there. And then they convert that into microwaves and they can beam that down to, to specific places on Earth. Now, that technology they've proven in the past few years works, but... This is the first time that they've actually tried. And what the advantage of this is, it can collect a lot of more of the sunlight that has the blue rays in it, um, which have a lot more energy in them. Then by the time it gets down through our atmosphere and everything, it, it gets really, which is why the sky is blue, because it tends to filter out the blue rays as they're coming down. So the sunlight that we get down here on the surface is not nearly as effective as the sunlight that's up above the atmosphere. So the idea is if this works out in testing, they can put up a much larger satellite because up in space they can scale these solar panels up very large because they're not worried about gravity. And they can then set up receivers and they can beam to specific places on Earth that don't have problems, I mean, that don't really have access to a power grid. Or, for an example, something like Texas, uh, this this recently that their power grid went down and they they isolated themselves and they weren't connected to anything else in an emergency if they had they could get a a portable receiver in they could shoot some power down into a, a critical area and and help get things back online so and it's and and I, I did some reading on this this tech too it's not that they just randomly beam microwaves down at the earth which is not necessarily good but uh, the uh, the receiver has a target beam, it, so it, it sends a very focused beam up to the satellite and, the, and says, I'm here. The satellite sees it and goes, okay, and then it, it steers the beam specifically to that location. So it's, it's very targeted, and uh, there's a lot of possibilities. I mean, in a way, it's kind of like the Starlink thing where you've got all the satellites surrounding the Earth that will provide Internet to a lot of areas where they just cannot run wires, um, and wireless is too far. So it's a similar concept. It uh, is going to help provide some global power. What do you think, Karen? Well, yeah. First, when I heard of this, I thought, hey, this is going to revolutionize field day. Uh, not quite. Not yeah. quite. But that's, and that's an important point, Paul, that you can't just go out there and catch, catch some rays, as they say. Uh, this is proof positive that amateur radio operators are making a great contribution. Uh, Paul Jaffe is one of the architects behind this, and we have uh, reported about him before. And he's, he's one of the main guys on this project. So bravo, good for amateur radio operators to show how they can continue contributing uh, when they're not on the air. Absolutely. We'd like to hear your comments. You can post them below and put them in the chat. We'll read those. Anything that we need to uh, share, we can pick them up and bring them in next week. My thanks to Karen, KD2GUT, and Paul, WD9GCO, for bringing the news. You are we welcome. You guys have a great weekend, Always and we'll great. see you again soon. Take care. Hey, seven, seven three. three. Let's take a minute to talk about what I feel is the most beneficial deal in ham radio today it's when you become a sustaining member of 100 watts and a wire here's how it works when you donate 25 dollars or more you will become 
a sustaining member for a year. And during that year, you get discounts from participating businesses. It's a win-win-win. The show gets your support. You get the discounts, a little more money in your pocket for your next project, and those businesses can earn your trust. Visit 100wattsandawire.com, click the Sustaining Membership tab to learn how you can support the content you enjoy. And thanks. And hello again, it's Christian K0STH with Steve, W7UDI. Welcome to 100 Watts and a Wire, the flagship show. I've been around since 2015, but new to YouTube. And if you're new, let us know. Put your name in the chat or new in the chat. We'd like to meet you. Uh, subscribe, click the notification bell. Four live streams a week. Yeah, I went a little crazy with it, but... Uh, the radio guy in me for, is used to five or six days of being on the air for five hours. So uh, doing the live stuff is is kind of in the blood. So bringing Steve, back some old memories. Yeah. How how is the uh, the comments in the chat? How's everybody doing? Everyone's doing good. Then thanks for uh, for all the joining us today, and uh, appreciate everyone being here. And just uh, kind of like listening to that first story with the uh, with the car remotes. And uh, kind of remember uh, garage uh, door remotes were having that same problem. They were kind of a little bit of interference and people couldn't open up their uh, their garage doors. Yeah. So it's wacky. I think uh, for some reason I'm thinking they operate around 300 megs or something like that. But uh, don't quote me on it. It could be 400 megs, but sounds like a local interference or something mm -hmm. that came up. And uh, Marty was saying that there's some restaurants that he has that same problem where car door remotes won't won't work but uh pretty wild pretty wacky you know about a month or so ago we started to do a uh, ham radio stories we want to hear your stories i believe everybody has a story and to tell these uh we invite you to come along and i, I want to give you my email address if you've got a story which i know you do and you want to share the story drop me a line we'll schedule to have you on the show and um Put it in a repository, a playlist on the YouTube channel so people can go and hear these stories. Stories of great Elmering, generosity, people helping you with tools, helping you hang your antennas, all these sorts of things we need to propagate. Good stories because we certainly are getting enough crappy ones. Steve, you want to hear another good story? Yes. All right. And this is it. This is our segment. This segment is called Ham Radio Stories. And this time around, we're going to Welcome, a friend. It's DJ, Whiskey One United Echo Delta, Kilo Zero, Sierra Tango Hotel. You're 5'9", Missouri. You're also 5'9", you're also in Connecticut, Christian. Good morning, guys. Morning, Good morning. DJ. I like your shack there. Thanks. Got your boom, hands-free, all this yep. sort of stuff. So you reached out to tell us uh, you've got a call sign story for us, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... My uh, my call sign, W1UED, is actually my late grandfather's call sign. It was his only call sign, and it was given to him in 1951. Wow. Nice. nice. So, it's very nice. Do you remember my, my grandfather, my Polish grandfather, passed away before I was born by at least a few years, if not four years. Did you get to experience him as a ham? Did you get to know him at all? Uh, a little bit. So we used to we used to visit. They didn't live too far from you know where I grew up, 
Um, and we used to go to the same church as them on Sunday mornings. So we'd all hop in my dad's van and go to grandma and grandpa's house. And then we take grandpa's uh, 95, like ugly blue grand marquee to church. <laughs> and <clears throat> I always asked my mother, I said, why does grandpa have a funny license plate on his car? It was his vanity call sign plate. And uh, in Connecticut, you know, they have the lightning bolt in between uh, the, the prefix and suffix. So, and uh, she explained to me, you know, grandpa's a ham radio operator. I said, well, what's that? That sounds funny. And uh, as I got a little bit older, you know, we would uh, go over for Christmas, Thanksgiving and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I'd, we'd walk in the house and grandpa would be upstairs. And uh, I used to, he never talked, he never had a microphone. He had a, a CW key. He had one of those weird roll-up desks mm -hmm. that his radio was inside of. And he would just just go away, <laughs> you know, in the CW land. And I never understood the dits and the das until I got into it. And um, unfortunately, I wasn't, I wasn't a licensed ham until 2015 after he passed away. Aww. And... Um, so just after he passed away, that this he's passed away in September of 2015, December of 2015, I got my technician license, and then uh, six months later, I upgraded to general, and that's where I've been stuck. But it's a great hobby. Um, a lot of people know the call sign because he was employed with the league for 40 years. Wow! So I talk to people on the on the radio. Um, and that, well, how did you get Perry's call sign? Well, I'm Perry's grandson and you know, they're like, Oh, welcome. That's amazing. So it's a, it's definitely a, a feel good story for my family. At least. Is this your mom's dad? Yes. What does she have any stories that she's shared with you since now you've picked up this interest? Not really. They, they, uh, I, I didn't really have any other, like my mom's never really told me any stories. My mom kind of, you know, moved out young, you know, started, you know, family and stuff like that. But um, we always, you know, and my, uh, on a side note, my uncle uh, who lives in France, I have an aunt and uncle who live in France. My uncle Olivier is also a ham radio operator. And yeah. I think my grandpa had something to do with that, but you know, sure. <laughs> So he used to, he enjoyed code and it, you hinted that you may have picked it up too. Is that something that you like? Or are you more into the voice? I'm more into the voice. I know how to do um, my call sign and I know how to do my name in CW and that's it. <laughs> well, that's good. That's more than most people. <laughs> Steve, what do you want to know? What do you want to so know about BJ? Did uh, grandpa ever talk to you about the hobby or to you or? Not really. We didn't really talk about it. I don't even, so I started out in CB radio mm -hmm. um, and we never really talked about it. Cause I was like, Oh, well he, that, you know, he, he might not be too happy that his uh, grandson could possibly be doing, uh, you know, something that he didn't really, you know, he was very ham radio. He was not mm -hmm. uh, CB radio at all. So, you know, like most Elmers are, you know, so uh, yeah, we didn't, we never really, better. Yeah, we, we never really talked about it, mm -hmm. but. Okay, I was just kind of curious. And then, so you got your ticket in December of 2015. Mm -hmm. How did you figure out that you now can get your grandfather's call? <laughs> did someone kind of point you in that direction or you kind of uh, found out on your own? Um, I mean, this is great. I, I always love when family members take the call sign of, another family member and it stays in the family. Right. 
So I did, I did a little bit of research on the league's website and I looked into it and I, um, after he passed away, I, I had just applied for it. I didn't, you know, I just applied for it. I waited the 18 days. The FCC came back and said, Hey, you have to do this, this, and this in order to do, or in order to receive this call sign. So, um, after I was, uh, you know, it was, it was not canceled yet. What I had to do was I had to send in a letter from myself asking to cancel the W1 UED call sign. And I sent in a copy of my grandfather's obituary, which mm -hmm. just happened to have my name in it. <laughs> so um, I think it was like two weeks after. Helped you. It was yeah. really, they're the ones that kind of uh, pointed you in the right direction procedurally. And right. oh, that's fantastic. So I waited, I think it was another two weeks. I waited for them to cancel it. And I was, I would check every day, like, like tracking a package, just refreshing the page every day. And, um, it finally canceled. I applied for it that day. And then another 18 days later, it was in my name. That's great. So how's it been using your grandfather's call when you first started using it? Uh, people kind of gone, Hey, you're not your grandfather. And right. So I was, uh, that? it's, it's actually, it's, it's fun and I enjoy it because, uh, there's a lot of old staffers from the league that still are alive. And, um, there's a couple repeaters locally that a lot of them talk on and a lot of them use uh two meter simplex or a mm -hmm. two meter sideband rather. So, uh, I was actually doing the VHF contest, uh, a year ago. Yeah. A year ago. And I was, uh, in my truck, I was a Rover station and a gentleman who lives not far from me, probably about 50 miles or so. He goes, uh, he calls me and he goes, you have a great signal. He goes, well, how did you get Perry's call sign? I said, well, Perry is my, my, my grandfather. He goes, well, that's just amazing. He goes, I used to work with your grandfather at the league. He said, we were very good friends. And, um, you know, there's, there's been other people like they do, um, the AM rally, uh, Mr. Bob Allison, who works in the lab at the league, mm -hmm. he does the AM rally on the, on the gates, uh, transmitter there. And, uh, just a few weeks ago, they did the AM rally and he totally stopped the AM rally to talk to me. <laughs> so it's, it's really cool. I live not far from the league, so, uh, I'm probably only about 15 minutes away from the league. So mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's a, before COVID, it was a nice quick trip to go hang out with, you know, the, the people there. And so now you're going you're getting an insight of your grandfather that you know you didn't hear about from family members or or from him because it right. was kind of work related and uh, so and this is fantastic and this is what's so great about it now you get to hear you know the type of person your grandfather was in in the hobby here and what people thought of right. him and uh, and this is just fantastic and the the things that he, he the things that he you know fought for in ham radio mm -hmm. he worked as their washington coordinator so i remember him when i was young when i was real young he would spend uh you know two three days a week in washington dc um actually fighting my grandpa my grandpa was a big proponent of the vanity call sign uh -huh. um you know stuff like that not charging a fee for a vanity call sign and stuff like that so a, a lot of people are you know what, you know, who, whoever thought of this? Well, it's got, it, it, it has a, a part here. Cause I'm like, I have my grandfather's call sign and you know, he's the one who fought for me to be able to have his call sign. That's, That's fantastic. Amazing.
Well, thank that's you amazing. for that, DJ. I appreciate that, man. That's uh, that's a great story. And uh, have you ever uh, worked anybody on the air that that knew your grandfather? Are you getting any yes. of those call signs? A lot, yes. Outside of the league, you know, some, you know, DX, uh, other people that goes, oh, I remember, you know, your grandfather and things like that. Yeah, I had a, a gentleman. My grandfather was actually in the Air Force and he was stationed in Arizona. And there was a gentleman that I spoke to in Arizona on 20 meters one day. And uh, he said, I just checked the logbook in his paper logbook. He goes, I haven't heard this call sign in 30 years. I said, well, I said, well, that was my grandfather. I said, did you speak to him on CW? He goes, yeah. He goes, I have the, the contact. So I, I actually have a couple old logbooks here that I went flipping through and he's actually in one of these books. So oh, beautiful. It's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> Well, good. Use that call sign. Well, I hope to work you on the air here soon, DJ. We, uh, we're, we're, we keep trying for the net. I work third shift. So we, uh, when we have a night off, we try for the net, but, uh, we're, uh, kind of deaf out here in Connecticut. <laughs> oh, we can set up a sked as we say in the business, the sked. We'll set up a schedule. Let us know. We'll come work you. We'll find a spot. We'll find Alrighty. you. We can do. Sounds yeah. good. Thanks for having me guys. Right. Take care well, of yourself, you, DJ. man. Thank you. It's good to see you. Thanks for coming by. 7-3. Let's take a minute to talk about what I feel is the most beneficial deal in ham radio today. It's when you become a sustaining member of 100 watts and a wire. Here's how it works. When you donate $25 or more, you will become a sustaining member for a year. And during that year, you get discounts from participating businesses. It's a win, win, win. The show gets your support. You get the discounts, a little more money in your pocket for your next project, and those businesses can earn your trust. Visit 100wattsandawire.com, click the Sustaining Membership tab to learn how you can support the content you enjoy. And thanks. All right, we're going to move some things around a little bit differently. We've got a guest coming on at the top of the hour. We're going to talk about the expo, so that's exciting. Eric's going to join us from Israel. That's awesome. But uh, So we'll bump up and uh, answer some questions, or at least we'll try to answer some questions, Steve and I. So are you get ready for this? Let me out, so yeah, I get your glasses <laughs> out. And remember, if we don't know the answer, that's mm -hmm. going to be just fine. And uh, we'll, we'll do a little we'll bit more research. Out. We'll figure it out. Somebody will know. Okay, let's start here. Paul says, I have a trailer hitch antenna mount. The mast is 34 feet. Should I run the antenna wire over or away from the body of the vehicle? Is it safe to transmit from the tailgate under the antenna? All right, you, you should be fine. Yeah, run, run the wires away from the, from the body of the vehicle. We'll probably have, you know, some, you know, we talked about interaction the other day about having, you know, wires parallel on various bands that it's going to have some interaction so yeah the the car body's going to uh, have some kind of interaction um as far as uh so run the wires away if as as possible so not and, over top the vehicle well, you can kind of go over top of it but uh you know just try to you know get as much separation as you can um as far as operating, I think if you're, you know, under 100 watts, uh, you should be fine. We also have our RF exposure uh, formulas and uh, what we need to do, OET65. So uh, run through that uh, so you'll stay, uh, so you know that you won't have any uh, 
exposure issues, but for HF, it's not a problem. It's going to be more on the VHF side. So distance is your, is your friend. So I, I think you'll be good. I mean, look at everyone that's operating mobile and, and uh, they just, you know, it, it's not been an issue. So good luck. Yeah, Have fun. I can see running your coax down. Everything's coming down from pretty right. close, right next to where your tire, maybe you have a, he's got a, a trailer mm -hmm. uh, hitch mount. I do a drive over with mine. So, but everything's right there. So I could see being under and feeling, wow, should I be transmitting? Uh, Am I going to hurt myself? Yeah, it, it shouldn't be a problem, but you know, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Famous last words. <laughs> You'll be fine. <laughs> You'll be fine. <laughs> As you know, something grows out. You're of right. Time. It's <laughs> just another foot. You know, rough sleeping for a while, but it'll be fine yeah. till we figure it out. Yeah. Another question. I'm ready to hang my first HF antenna. Any advice? Um, get it as high as you can. Whatever's practical, whatever you have, um, just get it as high as you can. That just helps. If it's low, it's going to end up being MVIS, and uh, your your range essentially is going to be limited. But the higher you get it up, uh, a that will help on reducing RF back into the shack and causing some those issues, and then uh, it will help uh, uh, you know reaching out and and chat with you know people on the other side of the world. You know, we're starting to come up in the propagation. We're on that up cycle. So, but uh, for the easiest is just get it as high as you can. That's practical. I, your situation is totally different than your buddies. And then what's different between Christian and I. Christian has lots of trees. And uh, so he has lots of options on that. I, you know, my setup is I have an open field and basically it's everything off the tower for me. Yeah, speaking of buddies, it might be a good idea to, you know, if you're part of a club, invite a couple people over, buy a pizza, maybe a couple mm -hmm. of beverages, uh, give it, you know, and and sometimes it's worth having an extra set of eyes just to, um, yeah, you know, to talk about direction if you have trees and what what you should maybe think about or is there a better option? Mm -hmm. And then uh, what has worked for your local guys because every area is different and. Um, so ground conductivity is different for me versus Christian and you and, uh, and finding out what works the best and what people have had success. You know, uh, if some guys are saying, you know, and you kind of get a feel for it, if a number of guys are saying, you know, we've been doing really well with the G5 RV at 45 feet and it seems to work pretty well. I'm, always talking to someone in Europe and um, on a hundred Watts versus someone tries to say, Oh yeah, I threw up a end fed long wire and it's hasn't been doing that well. But if you kind of get a feel for this is what's working pretty well, then try it. it. You know, try not to reinvent the wheel and, and see what will work. Not, not, it's not guaranteed, but uh, at least, uh, you know, try to, you know, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> try to, you know, you know, go from people's success and, uh, uh and that way, cause you want to just reduce the frustration and it, it, and there, there's times when there's, we have a lot of frustration as far as, um, uh, 
you know, putting up antennas and it's not working as well because so-and-so said it, uh, it works great for them. But I always kind of look at it. What's kind of the consensus among the club members and people locally to you and, uh, go from there. So capitalize on what works with, you know, friends and members, uh, club members around you and you should be good. They also have tools. They mm-hmm. can uh, help you measure your SWR. They may know uh, slingshots, yep. fishing poles. They've got all sorts of things. And when I hung my first one, I uh, had a couple of local friends come over and they had the weights. They had the slingshot, which didn't work. And that frustrated a guy. And, you know, it became a, it, it's better to share the load, I think, in terms mm-hmm. of putting it up. That way you, you've got a second or third set of eyes to help you. So I mean. I'm a fan of the buddy system. If you can do it, that yeah. said, I've gone it alone. I've been frustrated. I've, uh, you know, broken things. I, <laughs> I use wheel nuts, uh, lug nuts and, uh, took a fishing rod and, uh, you know, one of those multi-piece fishing rods, got it down to the last, uh, section and then, uh, had my son or my father-in-law. It was, uh, just a bait reel and, uh, just, I took the slingshot and we just shot the line over the trees and, uh, that seemed to work out, but I've tried throwing it at all kinds of different things. And, and now if I'm going to uh, shoot a line over, I'll just hook it up a, uh, a fishing line to a, to a drone and then fly it up and over. A drone. Holy a drone. moly. So call Steve <laughs> in the end, call Steve, somebody with a drone, but, uh, uh potato guns are, are big and popular. You know, those air powered, uh, guns with a, they use like a tennis ball or, Mm-hmm. or some kind of uh, object and then just shoot a line up and over. There's, there's all kinds of ways to do it and tricks and trades. And it's, uh, it's great. So, but having buddies over, it's even better because now you guys, you work together, you can capitalize on some of the uh, tricks that others have worked for them and, you know, maybe get them to shoot the line over. And then you just kind of like, Hey, <laughs> <laughs> that sound, you can't get <laughs> where did it go? Yeah, it is like then you go find it oh if you're going to use like lug nuts or something weights or something like that yeah kind of paint it orange so it stands out <laughs> one time quick story i uh i had i tried several things my main thing is to put the uh you know put the nut on on the end of a fishing pole and i've gotten really good at doing that now after hundreds and thousands of attempts and christmas trees full looking <laughs> of broken wire uh, line and shiny <laughs> things and trees i'm like oh my wife is gonna kill me you know it looks pretty in the snow but anyway i i uh i was out there with my oldest one time and i managed to we had some bricks with holes in them so i put part of a brick in a in a rope and i'm swinging it i thought i was an arborist or whatever meanwhile when my daughter's over here and i went and i threw this thing up and as soon as i let it go it was just like oh no (laughs) she's reading a book and i'm running after this thing because i'm like and it didn't hit her but uh you gotta be really in my mind way close enough Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, baby, you're going to just be behind me now. Daddy doesn't know much about what he's doing. So be yeah, careful. It might be better or safer if you went in the house. Dad's yeah, a loose cannon right now. Don't <laughs> tell mom about this, okay? She was little. Everything was fine. Oh, my gosh. All right. Let's see with Josh. Uh, we'll do one more here. Josh says, the FCC requires that you ID every 10 minutes of transmitting and when you sign off. So if you're on the air 
we're using a repeater and announce your call sign and wait a few minutes for someone mm -hmm. to come back. If no one comes back, do you need to announce your call sign before you go off the air? Or can you just shut down since your last transmission a few minutes ago contained your ID? I just shut down. Yeah, I mean, if nobody's yeah. listening, nobody, you know. You said your call sign. It's um, hard to uh, it's hard to know who's listening. This is one of those. Uh, there's a lot of debate on that. Do it, what's right. Do it. And, do the right uh, thing. You can, and I kind of in the option that you can't over ID enough, but there are others that will they'll they slam me because you you're IDing too much. Like okay, that's fine. You operate your station your way. I'll operate it mine. But uh, there's a lot of debate on that. There's people saying, "Oh no, you don't need to." Hey, Christian, how you doing? We start chatting on, on say, HF. We don't start with our IDs because people say, oh, no, you need to run your ID at the end of your transmission. And it's like, okay. So how do you interpret that? You know, your first transmission is the end of your trans at the end of your first transmission or the end of the conversation. Basically, we start it off. We end it every 10 minutes while you're doing it. I think you're pretty safe, um, but it, it comes down to, and this is one of those, you know, debates like grounding. You ask five hams th the same question, you're going to get 15, 20 different answers. And it's just, uh, it just blows me away. And in your case here, I think you're fine. You've, you do your call sign out, W7UDI monitoring. No one hears, no one comes back. I said my call sign. I'm done. Out of here. Move on. Next. Yeah. I, I tend to, I don't think I overdo it, but I definitely do it, do it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a, the gray area. I don't want any comeback. I'm just, you know, I'm, I did it. I did it. I did it before. You know, I think it's a personal thing and then there's rules. So you need to, you need to ID properly every 10 minutes. And, and yeah, but one in that case, you said on the repeater, if nobody's even coming back or you're monitoring and whatever, you do you need to come back and transmit again and say k0 sth clear i mean you could if you want to i mean I think those, I do that sometimes but and people do that they'll come on you know those you don't have to wait I, 10 minutes to, to right. you don't have to wait you know, um, so a, you'll, you'll draw out your call sign and monitoring or or whatever and uh, no one comes back and i've heard people they go negative contact and throw their id and then leave and that's and i've seen people vapor lock over that and uh it's just but in the end it's your station it's your call sign and you operate how you interpret the rules and and if you're outside of it either you'll you know someone will kind of correct you point you in the right direction or you might get a, a note saying hey you're kind of out it you know outside the parameters of of the rules and when we were fcc was releasing a lot of enforcement letters a number of years ago one of the things the common trend that i saw was a lot of the uh enforcement issues at the fcc were writing warning letters or or notices of violations most of them a lot of them were um uh id the failure to id and uh, in a timely manner so and i'm guilty of getting on hf and starting you know 
bloviating and pontificating and uh i'll be 20 minutes in it's like oh shoot i forgot to id <laughs> so and so it, just try to stay into that realm and i think we'll be good all right there you have it all right friends we're going to take a break and we'll come back with eric uh, 4z1ug is going to join us to talk about the expo and we'll do that next LDG Electronics provides state-of-the-art antenna tuners for every amateur need. From QRP to QRO, fixed station, portable and remote. Matching your radio to your antenna using our lightning-fast proprietary tuning algorithms. LDG is a family-owned and operated company dedicated to bringing innovative, quality products to the amateur market. Our focus is on anticipating and meeting our customers' needs and providing them with world-class support as they install and use our products. All LDG products carry a full two-year warranty that is fully transferable when you sell it, with no paperwork required. Support is only a phone call or email away. We're always here to help you. Visit us on the web at ldgelectronics.com. If you want to learn programming for Arduino so you can get your electronics project off the ground, then Programming Electronics Academy is the place to be. A membership gives you full access to a library of detailed video courses, including the Arduino course for absolute beginners. PEA has video courses designed for beginners that don't assume you already have a PhD in software design. If you're tired of just cutting and pasting code, visit ProgrammingElectronics.com forward slash 100 watts. That's funny. You could tell I had a little bit of <clears throat> going on in the voice there. It's a, it's a great day. I'm so happy to finally meet you in, uh, well, I don't know in, how. This is a little bit. Almost cool. in the flesh. Almost in the flesh. I can see you. Almost in the flesh. You know, I was, I was, I was just watching your commercials, Christian. You, you have adapted so well to video. I mean, I I love the way that you um that you do the commercials, looking at the websites and scrolling up the pages. It's like, it's amazing, amazing transformation for you. Are you going to come to the dark side? You know, we are both podcasts. One, I, I admire your podcast. I've been a fan and listener for a long time, and appreciate this work. I consider your work as um these oral histories, and they're so important. You know, you're talking to people that have done these things, and now you've got a repository of you know one day people can go back and uh, hear these significant contributions so thank you for the work that you do but are you oh, going to come to the video side are you going to do this i don't know you know there's a side of me that says i should do that um but but i can see the the production um the whole production side is a lot bigger th than me and i already spend 10 hours a week doing the podcast you know the mm -hmm. audio podcast so um, I, I can see that's a and, and that's amazing uh, background that you have with a lava lamp in the background and it looks like it works. It does. Um, it works. Is this your room? Is that your really your room? It's there? my shack. It's, yeah, it's real. It's, it's real. amazing. Uh, I'll I knock over it. the lava lamp for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's real. It's real. And congratulations on what you've done. We're going to talk about your expo and it, 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 amazing. And I know you're making the rounds here too. As I try not to be too redundant in our questions here, but some things. We should uh, we should point out because sixteen thousand people uh, in twenty twenty is significant. You've got projections to hit twenty thousand this time around, and you're going to be expanding. Not only is it coming up here in March, but you're thinking about doing another one in August. Let's back up. August fourteenth. We already have the date. 
August 14th. It's already happening. Right. It'll be the weekend of the 14th. Why did you want to expand and, and answer that second? Why are you doing this in the first place? Uh, <laughs> well, I have to tell you, um, it, it started, I, I've told the story a, a number of times, but I'll just tell it very briefly. It started because I don't often get a chance to go to America to do, um, to go to ham radio shows. And I wanted to go to Dayton because I wanted to do four days in May. I, I really like the, you know, QRP uh, ARC. And, um, and so I was ready to go this year because usually um, when I want to go in May, there's a conflict, there's a holiday or there's something that keeps me from going. Um, so last year was ideal. And so I'm thinking I'm all ready to go. And um, I am about to buy the ticket because I usually wait until a month or two before because that's when the best deals for tickets are. And, um, and COVID comes and it closes everything. And so I start watching and I'm, you know, saying, okay, uh, Friedrichshafen's closed. It looks like, um, it looks like um, Huntsville's going to close. So I, I got this idea. I was thinking, well, you know, we've got to have a ham radio show um, if everything's closed. And so, and, and there wasn't anybody doing anything virtual. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to see if I could get speakers. So that's how I started. I actually sent a message to all of my former speakers or the, the former guests who, um, as you know, are, uh, usually people that publish and speak and write and all that stuff. And um, and I got an amazing reply back from them that, oh, yes, we would be happy to do something virtual. And that's how it kind of, okay, now I have the speakers, now I need the venues. So we started looking at virtual venues. And it kind of snowballed into a... And then the problem was is I hired people to help me because I can't do it all by myself. And, um, and the people I hired are so great. And it is COVID year and people are not working. Um, so I said, you know, well, I got to keep the people um, because they're great and I like working with them and I like I'm, I am enjoying doing the expo. And so um, it's become a full time business. It's it has seven people working wow. um, almost full time in it. And uh, and we're we're offering services to other groups, you know, uh, not branded QSO today, but branded by their uh, in order to um, to be able to share the platforms and all the programming and stuff that we're doing, there's a whole bunch of software that's running behind our back end now that joins these platforms together, and um, so that's kind of how it's that's how it's kind of turned into a two times a year. And then the other thing is 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 that we discovered that we've got a large number of people that came that don't go to any conferences, um, but they can come. You know, for ten bucks, they can come to a conference that has world class ham radio speakers. Um, in fact, we have almost 90 of them this time wow. uh, in, t in 10 theaters uh, running simultaneous. You guys will be there at 8 o'clock Saturday morning Pacific time with your show in one of our theaters. And, um, and we can take, you know, the, the, according to the, to, the, um, uh, to the platform provider, we can take 100,000 people in our theaters. Wow. So, um, you know, so we're excited to see how it works. And as I tell everyone, we're iterating. You know, we're learning. We're making mistakes. Believe me, we're making mistakes. And uh, every time we make them, we try to, how can we make it better? What can we do to fix it? So that, you know, maybe by August, we will have mastered it. Maybe not. Maybe we'll still be learning in August, you know, what we're doing. Talk about the improvements um, that are intended to enhance the experience. Okay, so... The last time we did it on a we did it on the VFairs platform, and we did it there because, frankly, they were the only ones that replied to me when COVID broke out. You know, there's there's lots of, of virtual expo companies. There's a lot more now because of the pandemic. Um, but at that time, I couldn't get anybody to reply to me, and and VFairs kind of had the right look and feel that I wanted. I wanted the, the outdoor parking lot. I wanted the 
you know, the main lobby with the people walking around. And I wanted the booths so that there's this eye candy, you know, that makes it look like it's a real experience. What I discovered, though, I, I love the platform and the people are amazing to work with. The problem was, is I couldn't feel the, the, um, the people on the platform. I couldn't, I'm looking at the, at the dashboard and the dashboard says 14,000, you know, in the middle of Saturday uh, on the platform, but I, I didn't feel them. So, um, so after the, uh, the August Expo, I started looking at other platforms to see what can I do. And I also started attending a whole bunch of virtual conferences to see what would happen. Uh, you know, how do, how do they feel? And so I discovered this other um, company called Airmeet. It's a new company. They're based out of India. And um, they're amazing people to work with as well. Um, their uh, programmers have, um, have offered us all of their capabilities. So we have um, our API that uh, connects our systems together with theirs so that we can create this experience. And the idea is, is, is that Airmeet has lounges. And the lounges have tables. And if you um, if you click on a t on a chair in a table, then anybody that clicks on other chairs in the table, you kind of open up a conference like we're having right now. You know, right now I see me and you on the screen. Um, if Steve joins, I'll see Steve too. If he sat at the table, and so in our main lounge um, at the conference outside of the of the um, the auditoriums is 200 tables of eight chairs. Now, it might look like there's six chairs or four chairs, but you can still pull up to a maximum of eight in each of the tables. So that's the first thing. So, for example, CW Ops is having a kind of a social that's going to start at 5 p.m. Pacific on Saturday, and it's going to go through the middle of the night all the way to 8 a.m. Sunday morning. And they're going to take 20 tables, and they're going to label them with their logo. And they're just going to say, you know, CW Ops, come to tables 21 through 40, and we're going to hang out. And, uh, and you can hop from table to table, and you can, so you can meet with your friends. And so the idea is, is we wanted to create this idea that there are people there, and you can see the people there. And you can um, click on a chair and talk with the people there. So that's how we're doing the main lounge. And then all of the exhibitors, including 100 Watts and a Wire, also has a lounge. And that lounge has six tables with eight chairs and uh christian can sit in, in a, at a table and people will recognize him and they can go sit at the table with christian and say hey christian how's it going or you know i'm a great fan uh so i think that's what's going to be different and then what we've done is we've taken software and we've created a portal so that everyone will get a unique i um url um that will be sent to them this week that will um, allow them to come in through this portal and it joins the two platforms together. So there, it, it's like kind of like a, like a Dayton. You know, you have all the expositions in one building and you have the uh, conferences in the other building, um, but you have a menu at the top that allows you to go between the two venues in order to be able to enjoy it. And that's kind of what we're doing this time. You had an interesting way of engaging the attendees with the vendors, but this year you've added um, a process for buying. What did you do to enable people to be able to per make purchases at the expo? Well, this is this is Eric. Eric has a history of um, creating products for people that nobody wants. So, um, and, and I have a long history. I I, I built a whole electronic business around um, creating products that people didn't want. Um, so I did it again this time. I, I thought what what was needed was uh, an inbound call center system that I could give to distributors, give to distributors. Um, how many seats do you want? 10 seats, great. 
uh, I give to all of the vendors and then put a buy now button on their booth so that if you pushed on it, you would do a video conference with somebody in an inbound call center at the vendor and, um, and you could place your order. So you could talk to a real person. Well, um, it turns out that only one of my vendors wanted to use it. And at, at about 6,000 bucks, it was too expensive for me to put it in for one guy that um, was going to do it. So it turns out, I think that most of the vendors, if people want to buy something, can do it in their lounges. They can, you know, hopefully they'll have a table, you know, one of the six tables that says, you know, buy it here and um, go sit with somebody sitting at the table and, you know, place your order uh, if that's what you want to do. I think the other thing is, is what I've discovered is, is, is that there's the vendors that we have really want to, it's, it's, for them, it's about relationships. What they really want to do is get to know their customers. And if, if their customers make that sale, you know, on Monday rather than over the weekend, um, then that'll be okay too. And so there's a button in the lounges that says, I'm interested, you know, it's a yellow button. And if you push on that, that will send, um, the vendor a message uh, that they'll say, oh, okay, I'll call this guy on Monday and we'll take care of it. So I, I think, for example, you'll see the uh, Bigali key is there. And, uh, and, and Bruna just wants to meet with her fans and, uh, and the, the fans of her father's um, beautiful uh, CW keys. And, uh, and that's the reason that she's in the lounge. And I've, I've fixed it up so that she has, um, she has some fans that are helping her man the booth because her English is, um, her Italian English is not terrific. But um, she'll be there, and um, some of her fans will be there to answer questions about Bigali Keys. QSO Today Virtual Ham Expo, March 13th and the 14th. You had, I believe, 60 speakers the first time around. And, I mean, that's a lot of topics. Did you find, how did you find a balance in the topics? And this time around, did you find something you were maybe deficient on last year that you've boosted a bit? Uh, well, that's a good question, Christian. The, the problem is, is I'm dependent on the speakers that reply. Sure. Right. So I send out, I send out a few hundred invitations to speakers and I get a, um, a number of them back. There was a whole process where they actually fill out a form. You did. You filled out the form in order to create the opportunity. That same form was used for all the speakers. We've, uh, we've, we've been, uh, done a lot of automation in order to reduce my, my workload. So, um, so what, what ends up happening is, is I end up seeing what I have, you know, what, what kind, what speakers do I have, who's coming? And then we kind of try to balance it out. Now we've had some really, um, we've had some amazing opportunities. Uh, um, Michelle Thompson, uh, W5, uh, NYV, um, put together a whole space track. So we've got a whole day of um, satellite, space, radio, all that stuff uh, in their own track. And they even have a techno dance thing on, on, uh, on uh, Friday evening. Uh, they have a scavenger hunt uh, in, on Saturday evening. So, um, so we, we have um, speakers. All of them are amazing. They've all you know, risen to the occasion. And, and some like Michelle have um, kind of organized an entire track. And so that's kind of what happened. So it, it's, it's not like I'd like to have 10 SDRs or five SDRs. And I'd like to have this. It's just that whoever comes, um, uh, that's what I have. And then I try to, you know, I'm, I'm playing a shell game trying to figure out, well, what slot should they go in and who, you know, who can do it when? And, and so that's kind of how it ends up working out. I wish I could say that I, I have, you know, I, I have exactly this, but it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. 
Yeah, it's uh, you, you curate. You curate with what you have for sure. That's right. I'm going to put the link in the show description here of the expo. It's also been passed around in the chat. I'll give you one more question because I'm really fascinated with uh, the multi the multiplex theater. How's that different? What does that excite you? Oh, oh, you know what? It, it, it amazes me um, because. Uh, I, what I've told all the speakers is, is, is that um, I've given them advice. You have to talk like Ted, which means that if you've got 40 slides and you're going to talk for an hour, then um, the, everyone has a mouse and they can click and go someplace else. And, they can, and, and in many hours, they have six, six or seven other places to go. So, um, so the great thing about this, this theater is, is, is that unlike the last time, um, we have a backstage like you have. You're using StreamYard, so StreamYard. So it works very much like StreamYard, meaning that there's a backstage where, where while the presentations are are being presented, and they're being presented semi-live, meaning we've asked everyone to record their presentation in advance um, because we've discovered um, last time that uh, that if your teenagers are home and you're trying to do your presentation and they're watching Netflix or they've got a whole bunch of YouTubes or whatever, that it wipes out your bandwidth and you can't deliver the presentation. So we pre-record the presentations, but our speakers are backstage waiting until the presentation ends and then they're promoted to the stage to do live Q&A. Last time what we had to do is we had to go to, to Zoom, to Zoom webinar. So we bought four Zoom webinar rooms for Q&A. Now we can do the Q&A in the same room it automatically records it. The next day I get the recording, that recording will go back up on the platform for the 30-day on-demand period. So if you didn't get to see, if, let's say you stay in the satellite track the entire day, but you want to see all of the other stuff, then you have 30 days to actually go back into the, um, into the theater and pull down the, the presentations with the Q&A already done. And, uh, and then at some point, all of that stuff will migrate to YouTube so they can be watched again a month or two later. Well, it's amazing. I um, thank you for your effort on this. And uh, anything you want to hit here we're, as we uh, get ready to say goodbye, we, we're going to put the links in for you. What did we miss, Eric? Well, all I'm saying is, uh, all I'm, I'm hoping is, is that I hope people will come. We, 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 we got some... Uh, some criticism. I take criticism very well. We got some criticism that you know perhaps the the technical sessions were too, or, or were not were not technical enough. We got some people that said there weren't any enough how to. So there's a, now a broad mix. So if you're if you're brand new um, to ham radio, come any come and and try it. You know, push the button, try the presentation. Realize you're not going to learn everything in one presentation, but it should be enough to ignite your interest and. Um, and if you're like really technical, we have some stuff there. We got a guy that's talking about how to make FPGAs for satellite radios. Um, I, that's about as technical as you can get. You, be, you have to know your calculus and your differential equations. But so we have a wide range, and I hope that people will come and and try it out. And it's not expensive. It's ten bucks for the entire weekend and the thirty-day on-demand period. And uh, that ten bucks help us helps us pay for all of the people and platforms we're using to make this happen. I uh, want to encourage anybody who will see this now or in the future, check out Eric's podcast, QSO Today. Uh, of course, go to the expo, but the podcast is how I found you originally. You've been doing this for years, and I admire your work and the conversations, and I really look at your work as being important, if for nothing else, uh, 
you are providing an oral history uh, and it's it's creating an archive of great stories from great you know contributions uh, to this so thank you, thank you. Uh, for doing that you well I've, I've already told the ARRL it's in my will they, they're going to get all of the uh, recordings when when I'm dead so uh, hopefully that won't be soon no but, um, but they're going to get them all and uh, so hopefully you know in a hundred years uh, hams will look back and they'll see what did ham radio operators do but Christian you have to know that um, 100 watts and a wire on YouTube and all of your audio stuff, that's also, you know, feathers to the wind. Um, your stuff is going to be there in 100 years as well. So, and, and it, it's all good. I like it. Um, I just I just became a, a sponsor of the 100 watts and a wire because you put up the uh, advertising and I think you're, what you do is amazing as well. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Well, stay safe out there. We'll see you at the expo. All right. And long may that's you right. run. I, I want the ARRL to wait much longer. You've got more work to do, sir. Thank you so much. 7-3. Have a good day. Let's take a minute to talk about what I feel is the most beneficial deal in ham radio today. It's when you become a sustaining member of 100 watts and a wire. Here's how it works. When you donate $25 or more, you will become a sustaining member for a year. And during that year, you get discounts from participating businesses. It's a win-win-win. The show gets your support, you get the discounts, a little more money in your pocket for your next project, and those businesses can earn your trust. Visit 100wattsandawire.com, click the Sustaining Membership tab to learn how you can support the content you enjoy. And thanks. Well, and thanks to Eric, he became a sustaining member. That's uh, yeah, that was just incidental that I played that. It was actually an accident. I wanted to teach people how to do it, to get a 100-watt ID. <laughs> I, I really do believe that it's it's so important. And I work for a museum, you know, with the pays me my day-to-day stuff is working in a museum and collecting these oral histories for people who have given so much to the hobby. Uh, if we don't appreciate it now, I mean, he does, right? Some of us really get it and we listen now. But for the future, it's going to be something that... Mm-hmm. They'll look back and go, and they can pull them. They can write stories. It's just, it's just a good service. And I always thought when I found him, which is probably in the beginning of me getting licensed and getting on HF, and before getting into the podcast thing, finding him, you know right away this is a, this is like an oral history. It's an interview mm-hmm. for sure, but it's an oral history. It's got uh, all the pieces. So, uh, and he walks them through the experience. So, hopefully one day. I'll sit with him. We'll just talk more. Not as a not not recorded, but I admire his work. Big brain. I don't know how it fits in there. I don't know how it fits in this human skull. But so uh, you know, and there's a little story here. He, his um, expo, along with Kilo India Nine Whiskey, our friend Ian in Chicago area. He was the one last year, right around this time. He was like Christian. You should stream from you know, from the booth at the expo and you and I did something, you know, that ended up going to Facebook at the time. And it really just put wind in the sails of this Mm -hmm. whole thing going to the stream. So between Eric's, it's funny how these roads come together and Ian saying, you should do it. Next thing you know, here we are with the channel and I'm addicted to the streaming. Like keep on streaming, just keep on streaming. But my thanks to Eric. Um, 
you attended the expo for a bit last year. I, I remember you were mm-hmm. you were a, a little busy last year too. But yeah, you, I got a chance to attend a little bit of it. It was it was fun. I, it was so it's cool. Right, it's different. It was cool. It was different. It was like wow. I was amazed on how much got put together in such a short period of time, and um, and you know Eric brought up the criticism, and it was like yeah, unfortunately because everybody wants perfection and what they think is perfection. And I, I was looking at, I was like, I was amazed on how well it went off. Yeah. There was probably a few little hiccups, but for as quickly it was put together and I would have loved to ask and see, you know, once I know Eric's really busy right now, getting everything going, but you know, I, earlier I talked about the new norm and um, so once we kind of get back and, and it was, you know, talking in the pre-show, um, is what's going to happen. And I, I would love to see this continue on, even though we go back to, you know, Hamvention, all the, we go back pretty much to normal, but this is a great way to get vendors and manufacturers more exposure to people that can't travel for some reason. I remember during the last few years of my father-in-law, um, he couldn't travel to Dayton as much as he wanted to go. It just physically was too much to get on, to go get on an airplane, to go, to walk around. And as our hot is, we have members in our, of our hobby here aging, it makes it tough to attend physically in person. And now if this continues, this is a great Avenue and, uh, forum for people to, to attend, uh, Tom Medlin was one of those that started early on videotape, you know, having live shots from uh, Dayton. And so people could see what was going on in Dayton without going on. Eric has taken it a few steps further. Now you can participate in these virtual tables and gatherings. That's what going to ham fest are is get to get together with your buddies. And, uh, and now you can do it in, in the ham fest environment yeah you're not there but still the the spirit of it is there and this is i think just great still yeah. a collection of people mm-hmm. you know and really was a nice bit of glue i think in the end uh-huh. it was glue during COVID to kind of put something out there where we're all just sitting around and we could kind of go at it together it was different it was uh different enough to be interesting and then when you got there i was surprised at how many people were at the 100 watts in a wire booth because you know, we, we hadn't promoted it so much, but there were 16,000 people milling about. Exactly. They would hang out. It became like this place where people could gather. And this year, he's thinking 20,000 people may come, plus they've added another one. So, oh, yeah, if this continues on, it could rival Dayton. <laughs> it was certainly a good alternative. And if it's not, yeah, I mean, in terms of, yeah, there's going to be coming back. This is a whole topic we should put on our list of things to talk about, like, when it is safe, when more people are inoculated mm-hmm. and, you know, how will they feel coming back? Some older folks may have already seen their last Dayton, mm-hmm. you know, and if they're not too um, computer literate, they can get help from people to kind of get them into the expo. It's an interesting thing. It's different. But I listened and I attended. I was on the radio. I had my HF. I was in my place here. 
I'm very happy. He thought this was all pretend. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> I was going to knock something over, get a book. Just yeah, you were about to knock over the lava lamps. Like, yeah, no, like, no, no, look, it's, it's real. <laughs> oh, damn. There goes, there goes the 9,700 in smoke. <laughs> yeah, man, that's a, that's a good point. I need to get that lamp. But cool. My thanks to him for joining us today. Of course, if you're new to the channel, uh, please hit subscribe and give us a thumbs up. It helps with the algorithm and all that jazz. The notification bell is my favorite feature so far because it lets you know, oops. And then you just look at your phone and go, hmm, yeah. 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 Steve again. I don't think so. Oh, God. No, thanks. If there's any questions, you could put them in the chat now. We have a couple minutes and then I'll let everybody uh, move on about their day. Uh, I want to share a couple links with you. Go and try to win the battery box. This is uh, in an effort to help Phil find a living donor with his kidney. We'd like you to at least go and check out the video if you can. But for your trouble, you can enter to win a battery box that was built by a ham and donated by a ham. So mm -hmm. go ahead and uh, click that link once a day. On Wednesday now, we do the Spirit of Radio live stream right here. Cool thing about that with technology is smart hams and people who are interested have uh, decided, uh, you know, I'm working with Alex, Whiskey 7 Hotel United. He's taken this stream and he sends it out on his channel. Mm -hmm. Other people are also starting to send it out on their channels. And every little bit helps. And who knows? Once, hopefully in a few months, we're talking to Phil. We're checking in with Phil to see how his new livers, uh, his, his new kidney, rather, uh -huh. is uh, setting up and how, how he's doing. And maybe we help another ham in need. So Wednesday night is a good time for you to join us there. Uh, so you can enter the battery box there. I also want to put in the link. Steve has donated an HT, which is going to, after we give away the battery box, I think Steve's HT mm -hmm. is going to be next up in the queue. Well, here it is on your screen. Out. Look at this. Let me put you on the full screen here. There it is. Steve's uh, FT six, the 65 RE, brand new in the box, and uh, we'll be giving that away. That's the next giveaway. Next giveaway. And so I will put a link in the chat for the spirit of radio page, it tells you kind of what's happening here. This came to be organically. Um, we don't know if we're going to be able to help Phil, but we're going to, we're going to, we're going to try. We're going to keep pushing. Uh, the spirit of radio link is now in your chat. You can check that out. If you have a donation or if you have a question about this or, you know, we're not taking any, uh, we're not a fiduciary agent. We can't take money anything like that we would prefer donations kind of go from the donor to the the winner and in this case the donations we're talking about are not the kidney we want we would love that but uh, we're talking about giving away prizes and the drawing and all that sort of stuff usually it's going to go from the person giving it away right to the so alex and myself are not going to be touching and hoarding away there's no controversy it's just energy kind of moving uh outward but uh there you have it so there okay Got a question in the chat. Nobody else? Okay, good. Good deal. All right. I think we did it, Steve. We got yes, it. We, we adjusted it. We called an audible at the line. Couldn't <laughs> under center. Blue, blue, blue. <laughs> nope, nope. Red, red now. Red. Charlie. Blue, blue, blue. <laughs> kilo, kilo, blue, blue, red. <laughs> Up under the center. Got him to jump off sides a little bit, but... Uh, and we got five yards out of it. Got five yards. There's a penalty. We got a little closer kick the field goal and one. So there, you there go. we go. All right, friends. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. What are you going to do today? You got any plans? 
Oh, I uh, I got to take care of the puppies, few chores around the house here. So yep. my wife is, uh, you know, continuing her birthday celebration. At, Perfect. Uh, uh, we talked about it in the pre-show, but uh, Thursday was her birthday, and uh, we got to spend a special evening together. And then uh, so now she is with the uh, with our oldest daughter and our grandson, Dean, and they're going to have a nice weekend and uh so i'm home taking care of the puppies and holding the the fort down looking forward to uh sunday evening so join us on the net and uh we start uh 5 p.m uh west coast time 7 p.m central and uh keeping just keep an eye on the facebook page or uh, bring up uh uh the net logger maybe we'll try another one uh hopefully yeah the the DX contest, which is going on right now, which has the bands all just tied up, and uh, let's see what's going. Mm, yes, it's see there, it's going on, and it's going on a little bit, and uh, so uh, that ends at uh, twenty four hundred hours, and uh, we start at zero one Zulu. So come and join us, and it's uh, just be us this week. I, I've been inviting guests over, but um, mm-hmm. that's okay. We we had a guest schedule just to visit very casual conversations and things like that it'll just be us the uh, nick trollers and me and you at home so come back tomorrow night and we'll see what we can do maybe we'll work a couple different bands yep and we'll be streaming so i'll be streaming from here and uh we'll be pushing the audio out and you can hear yourself and uh see what it looks like uh, looking over my shoulder as uh, as we work each other so thank you everyone for being here all right friends that'll wrap it up uh by all means now, take care of yourselves and each other. Thanks to everybody in the chat, every, uh, new subscribers. we got a new member. Um, Eric has become a sustaining member, which is uh, awesome. And so check out that. Check out the expo. All the links and things like that are in the description of this video down below. It's worth checking out. You may just have a good time. Take care of yourselves and each other. And by all means, if you can, please try and stay above the noise. 7-3, everybody. To join the 100 Watts in a Wire community, visit 100wattsinawire.com.